Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This thing right here is for my people's in the streets. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be... All right, welcome to One Mic Day. This is D. Wills. Uh, we're back in business. Um, I'm excited uh, to to do the show. We got a lot to cover. Uh, the show is it's 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 about that time of year. That's what the show is about. We got a lot going on, and it's that time of year where sports is popping, RG is popping. So this is going to be a show hitting all these key things that happen about this time of year. The kind of things we're going to talk about. But before I do that, I got to bring in. My guys, you know, the ones I miss, the ones I miss running with here. You know, we got a whole crew of guys, but I've been in the trenches with these guys a lot for, uh, over the past year, so it's good to have them. We'll start with the youngin, because uh, I know he, he's done with his football season and he's watching the, uh, the teams that he hopes to be next year's team be there uh, playing towards those state championships in Michigan. But I want to see how he's doing. How you doing, Darnell? I'm doing good right now. Uh, uh, last game. Last week, um, Tua, Tua got hurt, and that kind of messed up my whole the whole Saturday. But um, this Saturday we got Wilder and Ortiz, so hopefully that's gonna, this weekend gonna be a lot better. But I'm I'm feeling good right now. All right, yeah, both those topics we'll get to. Uh, we'll talk about, but yeah, it, it, uh, it, 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 it's something that everybody's still talking about, and uh, we'll definitely get that into that show. Uh, before we get into the uh, open mic, I want to bring my guy in. You know, we call him, we call him uh, Mr. Double Double, my man Hank Davis. What's up, man? I'm doing good. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear the youngest voice. I want to take this opportunity to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving, knowing that, that a week from uh, today we're all going to be sitting around getting stuffed on football and turkey. So I want to just take this opportunity to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving as it comes along. Us out here in the Midwest, we're still trying to thaw out. You know, for some ungodly reason, we got a foot of snow last week, which I'm still trying to recover from. So it's good to be able to sit back and thaw out and, and talk sports with y'all with the next for the next 90 minutes. That's right. And speaking of thawing out, I'm going to thaw out beginning tomorrow because RSD again will be on the road as we were this time last year at the Maui Invitational. Yes. This is our, uh, I'm not going to call it an annual pilgrimage because we got to make sure the money's there. But we at least got a back-to-back going. I'll be out there um, for that, and we'll have a lot of special um, uh, uh, opportunities to broadcast. Obviously, these two guys, we're going to bring them out and feature as, as we do throughout the week. Um, it's going to be an incredible uh, invitation. If you look at what happened last year, obviously with Duke being there and Zion was there, but um, you also had Gonzaga there last night, and that was we also got introduced to that Auburn backcourt um, uh, out there. And this year we're going to have BYU. Uh, this is the year that Chaminade gets to play. They do every other year. Uh, we're going to have Dayton, Georgia. We're going to have Kansas. We're going to have Michigan State. 
We're going to have UCLA. We're going to have uh, Vitek. So I'm excited to be out there. You know, I have to um, give a, 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 a mahalo out to our sponsors again, uh, Bowman Medical Group, uh, who have been incredible and uh, um, uh, as well and have been great. And then our great colleagues at Aston Mahana uh, at uh, Kanana Poly. Uh, maybe I messed that up, but I got it right. Uh, my, my guy out there, Brian Cox, who is incredible in, um, uh, in, in sponsoring us in terms of providing us uh, facilities and stay while we're out there. So uh, we'll have a whole group out there. We're going to have uh, we're going to be connected with some local folks uh, who have been uh, with the tournament from the beginning to get that local perspective. Um, and this will also be where we'll talk about the state of college sports. We have some incredible uh, special interviews with folks who can offer incredible perspective, including um, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Dr. P.J. Bowman, um, who is a psychiatrist but also a former student athlete, played at a high level, uh, will also offer a perspective in terms of like psychological sector as we talk about issues around college sports and college athletes, what else we need to be thinking about. So uh, a lot of, you know, this will be the platform in, in, you know, in addition to kind of telling you what's going on the ground there and obviously how the Jayhawks are doing and, and everybody's doing on the ground. We, we're going to use this platform also to talk about some of the, the larger issues in college sports. So this is just another wrinkle, you know, uh, as, as Marcus Flowers said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be the Suge Knight. Uh, of, 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 uh, of sports radio without the anger management issues. Uh, you know, Shook had the business model. We're trying to grow it. Um, and uh, uh, this is one more element to the game. So I want to make sure I would be remiss if I want to talk about that. So pay attention. Check us out. Go to realsportsguys.com or uh, where you can connect with us on all our social media platforms. Follow us uh, while we're doing this out at Maui um, uh, and uh, can take it there. So, hey, we're in the open mic. It's about to get down. And so we're going to start with a, a, another a hot item that's been out there. You know, uh, uh, Kaepernick gave the NFL the rope of dope, uh, and uh, and then but he also was thinking that the NFL pulled the okey doke uh, on him, and so uh, he ended up having his own private workout rather than following the plan that the NFL laid out. Um, I just want to get y'all perspective. There's a lot out there. My boy Stephen A. Smith and taking some heat, and in fact. The elements about what Stephen said, I agree with, and I'll, I'll explain that uh, later on. You know, I think people have lost it, um, but um, I do uh, want to give a perspective because I think Darnell and, and Hank, just given your life experience, uh, could have some unique perspectives. So I, I'll start with the young because Darnell, you, I know you're young, you got your ear to the street. Uh, when all this stuff happened with Kaepernick, what was your, kind of your general impression? What was your reaction as you saw this thing un, uh, unfold? Well, a very telling line is what um, Kaepernick said when he made that little speech after the workout when he's talking about transparency. And I think that's the biggest issue with um, the NFL and uh, the lack of trust between them is because um, they want this to be a closed, private workout with no media coverage. And that opens the door for, so if you know um, the NFL, they blackballed him. For the last, they've been blackballing them for the last three years or so. So um, this was, this could have been a, um, a stunt by them to have um, him come in, and um, it doesn't matter how good or bad he plays, they could just um, say, "Oh well, um, he's just not the same player anymore," and um, we just have to believe what they say because we didn't see what happened. But now um, that he did what he did by moving the site to a different site, 
and bringing the camera crew. So it was so it was recorded live. So we were able to see every single throw that he made, and we we're able to see that okay, he still has a live arm. He he can still make the throws that he needs to make, and he still like he still looks like he can play. So uh, he can't. So the NFL can't necessarily lie to us and say that. Well, he just doesn't have it anymore. So um, that's one thing. Another thing was that the waiver. Um, a lot of things have been made about the waiver, but I think the waiver is a secondary issue compared to the transparency. But um, I know um, you probably have a friend about the, the waiver too, so I'm just going to leave it at the other part. Well, first of all, Please I love the way you frame it. This is why we had, to, we, had to start with, we had to start with the young boys. I, I love the way you frame that, man. I love the way you put it out there. I love um, that. I love the points you hit on, on, on that. Uh, Hank, what was your perspective? Listen, you know what? I, I, I thought long and hard about this. And if you remember when this story first came out, they were talking about, well, all 32 teams are going to be represented to watch uh, the Kaepernick uh, tryout or, or, you know, this workout. But you know what? When you start to think about it, it's like how are all 32 teams and who is going to represent these 32 teams? If you know that this is in the middle of the NFL season, okay, Saturday is either a travel day or a day you're getting your teams ready to play on Sunday, okay? So how is this going to happen? So I immediately started to think, okay, that, that, that threw some warning flags up for me because it, that doesn't make sense. Help me understand how um, – all 32 teams are going to be represented. And then, as the youngin said, the thing that, that concerned me, that this was going to be a closed workout. And you're absolutely right. That means that they could, they, if they could collude to blackball him out the lead, they could absolutely collude to say that his workout was junk. So, you know, if you watched any of the film of him and his workout, you know, he said, don't be scared. I can still play. You know, I can still play. And he can still play. And if you look at some of the uh, backup quarterbacks in the NFL right now, okay, there is clearly, you know, some, something in the water that Kaepernick is not playing. And so, you know, I think that when you when you go to the Stephen A. piece, you know, there were some things that Kaepernick, they wanted Kaepernick not to do, okay? They wanted him to keep his mouth shut and just play football. But you know what? That's not really cool for anybody. You know, you you know, your opinion is just like your backside. Everybody's got one. So, but they want him to shut up so he can be put on the team. And what Stephen A. said was that he showed that he clearly didn't want to play. And I disagree with that. I think he does want to play. But you know what? And I don't think it's all on his own terms. He still got a contract to sign if he would ever be uh, signed to a team. But what he was trying to do was get folks, get cameras out there. I don't want. I'm, I'm with you right there. I want to want you to show that this is bigger than just me not being able to play. Okay, it, it, it's bigger than that, and, you know. And so then you get folks like uh, Jay Z and everybody else say, "Oh well, well Kaepernick uh, uh, played these cats because uh, he was supposed to succumb to this just so he could get put on the team." I don't agree with that. And where Kaepernick is at right now, he, just, he, if he if he can play and he still wanted to play, and you don't trust the NFL at this point that that they could say that he don't have it anymore, what would you do? You don't want some grainy film to come out a week later to show you can't play. No, you're going to show right now openly in front of cameras I can still make these throws and everything else, and this is something big. And I, I applaud him on that. You know, he's taking it this far. 
you know, that, that, that yes, you, you, you make sure that if it comes down to X's and O's, I can still throw that rock. Those are, those are all great points. So let, let me bring a perspective, my own perspective to this. Uh, I Everything y'all said is correct in terms of uh, the NFL being uh, disingenuous. Uh, in terms of you got 24 hours on the side. Uh, we're going to do it on a Saturday, not a Tuesday, so that we can have decision makers there. Although I think even in this scenario, decision makers were going to be in there. There's going to be a couple of decision makers there. Uh, but not all 32 people teams are going to have decision makers. It's true they got a they got a video system that they can get stuff right to players, but the whole process from the beginning was disingenuous because of time. If you were really trying to make this happen, there's no rush. You, you could say, hey, Tuesday we want to do this on next Tuesday. We need to know in 24 hours if you want to do this next Tuesday because we got to get a message out to everybody so they can be where we do this so you can get there where the decision makers are next Tuesday. I can understand that. Everything about it, this camp, because all at the end of the day is about trust. This is where I have a problem. Couple things. You 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 want to have an alternative workout, which means if you want to have an alternative workout, make sure everybody can get there. And I know we're also trying to do this in the context of Atlanta, where there's a whole bunch of other issues around his ability to get wherever he is. But where you had it, so just a couple things. Where you had it was 60 minutes away. Now, anybody who's ever been in Atlanta, getting around Atlanta is crazy. So then there's no communication strategy with these teams in order for them to get out there where you at. So they were not finding any site that was at least close to the Falcons facility so that these folks can get out here. That's one thing. The second thing was I love the workout. I'm okay with the workout. But at, at the end, I think the remarks at the end was less about the league. It was more about the people who support him. Because there is a contingency when he's trying to get back in the league of folks who are supporting him who also may be, this might be an element of possibly going against your grain. And so I got to let you all know that I'm still that rebel dude. I think this was less about a message to the, to the, to the, to the, to the folks because he had already – won on that camp by having the workout and having the tape. All you had to do at the end of the workout is say, look, as y'all can see, I can still play. If you're interested in me, I can come any Tuesday you want to coach. We're going to get the tape out to everybody. We know everybody couldn't get here because of the last-minute change. We're able to get 18. We'll send all this stuff out to you. Uh, and then I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'll come and work on any Tuesday you want. You didn't need the extra stuff because he had already got the tape out. But I think, I think the escalation was more about people who may think, well, hey, man, we support you all this way. This way, like you, you kind of, you got, the, you got the agreement with everybody. We don't know what the agreement was like, the settlement, and then you doing this. So I think there was an extra sauce on the top that necessarily didn't need to that had nothing to do with the owners. I've been around, I've been working with young people who, who do work in this area, who are on this stuff, and you always have a few folks who are going to go over the top for a different reason. And I think that was part of it because he didn't have to. He already he already had had the platform. He had already set it up. And I think that's when when I first heard that I was like, whoa, this is a little over the top. You already won. You already basically pivoted and leveraged it. All you got to do is now instruct how you gonna get this information and then keep on walking. And I think that's the part that I think Stephen A. may be reacting to, but I, I felt a reaction to it right away. It's like this is a little over the top. You don't even need to do that. You've already done it. And it just felt a little different, man. 
It felt like, and I think people thought this was a message to the to the owners. I don't think it was a message to the owners. I think he was reassuring his base that he's keeping it real, which that's fine. That's fine, but that's a different message. So that was my only reaction to it. And also, in, in a place like Atlanta, find something closer to the facility because most of these teams were getting off the plane not knowing. They were finding out about where his workout was on Twitter. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? So if I'm changing plans, I'm making sure all those folks know exactly where they can be. And I think that's part of the challenge with this. And I give Cap this because part of, part of what I'm getting is, like, he's developing and growing his platform. So he's not a finished product. So I'm, I'm, I'm framing it like that. I think he's added a new layer to his game all the time as he's going. He's not a finished product at all. So I, that, I'm not mm. critical of that. But I think if I were advising him, I would have said, hey, let's finish the workout. Let's, let's be clear we're getting this information to all the teams and that you're making yourself available every Tuesday to fly around and do workouts. And thank everybody for coming out in the jet. That's, that's what I would advise you to but, but, I mean, people got a little bit of different opinion on that. I think Steven kind of came a little bit harder, but I, I do think that message was less about the owners and more about the base. I can agree with that, but um, again, you know, when you when you feel like, and, and even before when, when you, even before the the workout was announced or, or that, that that it was confirmed, should I say, you know, you had some uh, announcers coming out saying this is going to be a sideshow, this is a scam, this is a farce, you know, and 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 because it's like, how is the NFL going to pull this off this way? So I think that. You know, inside the Kaepernick camp, it's like, you know what, you might be right about that. You know, they might be trying to sit around here and set me up to to shut me up, you know. And, you know, there might have been and, and some genuine. Add, yeah. And I would add to the other side, you said that the other side of this, you know, I think Stephen A. said people ask him, you know, he's out there. I think other people working behind the scenes. The people working behind the scenes. So this is the other criticism that we ain't getting on other people about. The folks working behind the scenes, if I'm working behind the scenes with Roger Goodell on this, I'm like, we can't do it on Saturday now. We can't do it on Saturday. Right. We can't do it on Saturday. Like, like, you better off not doing that at all. Are we serious? If, so if you're working behind the scenes on it, and if I work behind the scenes and then they decide to do it on Saturday, I'll come out and say, look, we told them not to do it on Saturday. <laughs> we told them to do it on Tuesday because – there's no, there's no rush to do it on Saturday when you could probably just wait till Tuesday, just notify everybody. You still can do it in Atlanta on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's some other you know, people who are working behind the scenes saying, we try to set this up so that you can get it. Well, somebody should have been pushing back behind the scenes, like the Saturday thing wasn't a good thing. Why can't y'all just wait two or three more days and do it all? Y'all can do it on Monday or Tuesday, right? You know, so I do think there's some other pieces there. And that's why I don't, I don't push back on the fact that Captain held a separate workout. But I think if I were advising, I'm like, well, you do yours. This is social media. You hold yourself a workout. I'm with him on that. But we're going to hold a social workout, but we're going to be 15 minutes away from facility. Right. At one of these high schools. You know, or, and if we have to, we'll do it at a daycare center with an open field. We're going to do this 15 minutes away from facility. So, because these folks are going to find last minute, we want to make sure they can get over here real quick. And I only, so we only got a couple things to say at the end of this workout. As you can see, we, we look like we're ready to go, and I am uh, open to invitation to any team uh, to, to start uh, coming and meeting with you and doing interviews. 
beginning this Tuesday. And we'll get all the tape out to you. You can have it. Any questions, we'll be ready to go to meet with anybody starting Tuesday. Boom. That's it. Thank you for coming. And keep it moving. Mm-hmm. That's part of what again, I was saying. You know, but, but again, because there was so much deceit or so much mistrust, this is what you had. And you know what? That given given that period of time, you have to ask yourself why so far. That's probably was the high, only high school that was available. I, I would think. You know, we don't know. We're speculating I mean, at that point. People, this is South too. There's some people who got that sort of opinion. Like he might have tried. My other caveat, he might have tried. But you know, there's some some there's some political views that might be shared another way that made it more difficult for him. So I'm not discounting that. Right, because you also had team uh, folks coming out saying, "Listen." Um, you know, we're boycotting or we're giving away our season tickets if you even consider signing Colin Kaepernick. So you have fan bases coming out. It was a hot mess is what it was. But, you know, the bottom line is I think that when you look at this whole thing, I don't think you can deny the fact that Colin Kaepernick on talent alone you know, all the other noise aside, talent alone should be on one of the 32 teams in the NFL as a quarterback. And dare I say a starting oh, yeah. quarterback for several teams. Okay. But but this is just a clear indication of the league not not really addressing, in my opinion, not addressing this the right way and, and him becoming even more and more of a martyr here. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen what happens. It's, it's going to, you know, I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting to see if a team does sign him at this point. And, and I think there's still openings to be able to do that. You know, I think you, you, sometimes in these in these type of incidents, there's there you have broken the seal. Sometimes you just need to break the seal, right? That creates the conversation. So I, I think there's a possibility, in a way. I think there would have been a greater possibility had he closed the workout differently. I've always been a proponent. Say what you want to say when you want to say it, but know that 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 however you say it's going to create a different outcome. So I'm not right, saying he can't right. say what he said, but you can't say it. If I'm saying it that way, I, I, if, you, if people who know me know that I, I will go Ice Cube on first in a minute. If I'm going Ice Cube, I've already considered that uh, the, the other piece is not an option, right? I'm, I'm with that, and I ain't going to be critical if you don't get it because I've just laid it out, right? So there's ways you do it if you want it or not. If you don't really want it, then you go like that. So I'm not saying it, but you can't he, – he, he had already won because – in my mind, the public opinion, there's this value in the public. If you were to do a poll that says the NFL is not to be trusted. So mm-hmm. he was already winning that. You didn't need, you, you don't have to convince nobody. I think most of the people you would poll would say they don't trust it. They don't trust their decision making. So I would say you already winning that. So you don't need, mm-hmm. all you got to do is keep winning. And so I think that's right. the part that. You know, all you did was create momentum back and gave them, gave, gave, you gave them more time talking about what you said at the end of the interview than paying attention to how you played. So that's the part, because you were already winning that. Because most people, when they saw, when they heard it before, they, more people on the air were saying, it looks like, it feels like a sham, than not. Even uh, even public on commentators. More people are saying that, like, this don't feel right. It's on, it's on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. Like, people who know how our personnel work were like, this don't look, this don't sound right. So you were already winning in the in the in the public opinion piece. Just land the plane. That's mm-hmm. it. And I think that's where it's like, do we want to be strategic? That's where people struggle. Is this difference between being strategic versus ambitious? 
And if you want to be strategic and you want to really push this, because at the end of the day, you, you want to play, you love playing, then he was already winning. And so if I'm close to him, like, you, most people are, let's just land this plane, let them know where they can find us and keep it moving. Like, that's more or less where I think, you know, you might have on the other side uh, as well. So we're going to keep paying attention to this. We've nailed this out a little bit more, you know. Um, you know, and I, I think people out there got to also understand, look, black folks, we got diversity of voices. Quit acting like we ain't got folks out here that got different complaints. That's what makes us unique. And you, you will, if you see any kind of black barbershop, you're going to hear diversity of voices. You're going to hear somebody on Stephen A's side. You're going to hear somebody on Cap's side in the barbershop. So we got to quit acting like we don't have all these different voices out here. And, and that's how people keep the crab in the barrel is because they always try to make us monolithic. We're not. So we're going to keep it moving. All right. Um, we're going to talk about the NCAA. Two of the top players, we hit on this a little bit before, had issues. We have, we have Wiseman up there playing for Memphis. And we got Chase Young, who's coming back after two-game suspension. Did the NCAA get it right? I'm going to start with you, Hank, with both these suspensions. You know what? Here's the thing about it, okay? Now, I I, 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 I want to just take it aside, okay? Notwithstanding, should players be paid and all this other kind of stuff, okay? I'm not talking about that. The one thing that kind of bothers me about both of these is the inconsistency of the NCAA. They are consistently inconsistent. And that's what drives me nuts. Okay, when you look at the when you look that at it does, it drives me stone cold mad. Okay? You just look at let's look at the Wiseman uh, uh situation, okay? Now, we had this conversation, okay, on this show. We talked about when Penny Hardaway became coach, okay, right in the midst of all of this, you know, pay for play thing that was going on with the shoe companies and everything with the basketball programs. And then you go get Penny Hardaway and to become Memphis's head coach. All of a sudden Memphis has got the number one recruiting class in the nation, okay, after this. And so one of his main recruits, Wiseman, okay, finds out that, oh, Penny Hardaway let him borrow some money. All right? But this was before Penny Hardaway became coach. Oh, and so he he conveniently becomes coach. Oh, okay, that's fine. Get to get scared of family some money. Oh, that's all right. We 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 can have this. We'll give you twelve games at the first part of the season where it don't mean a damn thing, and that's supposed to be okay. All right. Then you go and look at Chase Young. All right. One of the most dynamic football player you know uh, is right now in college football. They're touting him for the Heisman. He borrows some money. Oh, no big deal, but he borrows it from an NFL agent. Okay, so don't make, think it's not going to be lost on anybody that this particular agent becomes his agent after he leaves for the NFL. No big deal. We'll only give him two games against Rutgers in Maryland, which they, he, could, he didn't have to play anyway. Okay? He could, have to, he could have, his jockstrap could have played left in. It didn't matter because them teams were going to beat Ohio State. But he's going to conveniently be there for Penn State. He's going to conveniently be there for Michigan. Now, it, what bothers me is, again, the inconsistency. All right? and, 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 and I can look at this personally. I can look at a Jamal Crawford. Y'all know Jamal Crawford, okay, that played for Michigan so many years ago. Jamal Crawford stayed with a man in Seattle before becoming a freshman at the University of Michigan. And because this man gave Jamal Crawford a room and board and, uh, and paid for his way, or whatever you want to call it, Jamal Crawford could no longer play for Michigan. He was suspended indefinitely. 
All right? You look at what happened to Michigan uh, during the Fab Five years. All right? Where they say those players took money and that school went on probation. All right? This is what drives me crazy. I, could, I, I, I do have a soft spot for this because it hurt teams here locally. All right? You can go across the country. Or teams have been uh, or teams have been put on probation because players have taken money, and this one drives me nuts because it's by a, a, a player that took money from who's going to be the coach, and now he's coaching him, and then another player who took uh, money from an agent, an agent. Now everybody can say, well, you know, there's circum- there's mitigating circumstances, it's bullcrap, it's inconsistency. Okay, and and that's the thing about it. If I let me tell you something, Donnell. Let me tell you something, D. If I drive down, uh, if I drive fifty miles an hour in a thirty mile per hour zone, and I get caught, I'm getting a ticket. There ain't gonna be no mitigating circumstances. I'm twenty miles over the speed limit. All right, this is what drives me crazy. This is Chase Young in Ohio State, and this is Memphis, and they and they keep on trying to act like. And, and basketball really surprises me because with everything that's been going on with that, they needed to set a stern message, and they didn't, okay? They didn't. I understand the player's plight. I, you, we, we, I, this ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you know the rules. You don't take money. Your, your, your uh, eligibility could be compromised, and they do it, and they get away with it. It's lunacy. Wow. I don't even know if we can burn it down anymore than that. Darnell, what you got to say? Yeah, I got something to say. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I was actually very surprised that um, that either of these guys are allowed, were going to play again the rest of the season, Cause, like, especially with James Wiseman, because when they played him after they ruled him ineligible, I was thinking, well, um, they're probably he's probably gonna be out for the rest of the season and um they're gonna take away their uh, postseason. Um so that that, was, that surprised me that he's even allowed to play. But um as far as I wanna I wanna clear something up about the Penny Hardaway thing though. Penny Hardaway was a high school coach, right? In Memphis. He was um James Wiseman's AAU coach. Before, when when James Wiseman was living in Nashville, Tennessee, he was still playing on Penny Hardaway's AAU team, and Penny Hardaway paid for him to move from Nashville to Memphis so he could play for Penny's high school team. This was before Penny Hardaway was a um, this was before Penny Hardaway was the coach at Memphis, so he paid for him to play for his high school team, not his college team. But um, and then uh, the next year he was uh, given the uh, Memphis job. But the reason why this was an impermissible benefit was because he was he was ruled a uh, uh, he was ruled a booster with the university because back in 2008, the year that he retired from the NBA, he um, he gave the University of Memphis a million dollars to create a Hall of Fame. So that's why it was an impermissible benefit. But um, I'm surprised he uh, he can come back after 12 games. Honestly, I'm glad he can come back after 12 games because I want to watch him play. <laughs> but uh, I understand what Hank's saying because I remember back in – I remember, like, a lot of cases, like, I think there was a player on Kansas last year. He was ineligible, took an informational benefit. He was out for the season. I remember Brian Bowen at um, Louisville. 
um, a, a few cases. So I understand what you're saying. Um, it's not necessarily across the board, but I, I don't necessarily, I don't, um, I'm not against what they're doing because I, I'm for the players being able to play on, on, on the field. And I think I think the uh, the likeness case has shook the NCAA in a way that um, they know they're on very fragile ground, but they know they still need to demonstrate um, that they are governing this process. And so that's why you're not seeing them not playing for the rest of the season. Because I think, yeah, if this was about a year ago, two years ago, both these cats would not be playing. But because they are on shaky ground right now, uh, in a lot of different ways, they got congressional folks. If you listen back to what I said when we started talking to, um, to uh, Professor Sack and everybody else, I said the one thing you don't want is these congressional folks getting involved, and they've been heating up and chomping at the bit to to be in this conversation, just because, especially since the FBI has uh, gotten in this space. So I think this has kind of had an impact on 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 these two cases, even though I think they're a little bit different for all the different reasons. And you can make, you know, I think the Penny Hardaway one is interesting in a way, given, uh, you know, the fact that he supported Wiseman to move to, to to be a part. So there was a benefit he received. It would be different if he gave the money because they were in dire straits. That's a different argument. But, he, you know, giving the money so that he could be to advance the high school program he was he was working on, you know, that, that and then get the Memphis job, you know, there's something, that, you know, you could be looking at that because that's more than a likeness issue. Right, that's a competitive advantage. That's more than a coincidence. That's 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 what I'm saying. And and yeah, if you're yeah. going to do that, and we look at both of these cases, like I said, if you if you carry the story out, I said this is yeah. what I'm talking about. And you're right. And you're right. But when you carry the story, out, what you've done is you get some. Now you get people who are clever thinkers to be able, and boosters who are clever to say, I can give this. I can get you to come to my school. I can get you to do that based upon these two cases. Okay, because just because I gave you money, I can also give you money to play like you paid me back. You know, AKA Chase. You know, you know, uh, uh, Chase Young. Yeah, I can act like you paid me back, and we can say, oh, we got receipts to show that you paid me back, and you probably never did. The payback could just be that you know you become my 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 uh, my, my agent, and oh, guess what? You know, you've already declared, so it's 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 a moot point. This is what I'm talking about. You still got to have checks and balances, and that inconsistency is not fair across the board. That's what drives me crazy about it, because you get some lesser than player, then then his whole something he does the same thing, he could potentially, you know, lose his eligibility. The school goes on probation, but depending upon the school or whoever did it, that's the thing that drives me crazy about this. It's like I said, this don't really have nothing to do with the kids. It's where do you decide to lay down the law. You can't pick and choose, and that's where the NCAA just drives me crazy. Wow. So we hot because it's, 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 it's about that time of year, y'all. Y'all can feel it. You can feel it in Hank's voice. You can feel it in Darnell's voice. You can feel it in my voice. You know, there's, there's, there's this there's – this, Overlap. There's all this stuff happening in the sports world that's got the emotions coming out, and so it's about that time of year. But we're about to move into a, a standing segment here uh, uh, that we call that one of our, our lead and one of our podcasts uh, called Box Bone with Darnell. And this guy is so good at what he's done uh, so far with this topic that I've given him his own intro. Here we go. I don't have a mark on my face. I'm the greatest thing that ever 
me up. Yep. I don't have a mark on my face. Yeah. And I upset son and listen, and I just turned 22 years old. I must be the greatest. Right. I told you. the world. I talk to God every day. If God's with me, can't nobody be against me, Sonny. Coming up through the whole Cuban system, um, 
And I think in some ways he's been able to get away because he's got good skills. Um, he's got good training, good movement. But now you add in incredible, um, incredible training and diet. And to me, that's the one caveat that, you know, even though when you watch the, uh, the videos, he's not liking the food. But he's in incredible shape. And that's what makes him so dangerous is that you, you could – I think Wilder was hoping that, you know, even if it went long, he could take him into the deep water because Wilder's got an incredible motor himself. Um, but when, if Ortiz is in shape, we don't know what that factor is going to be. So I think this is going to be a credible, exciting fight. You know, I think that uh, Wilder might catch him. Wilder might catch him in the, um, uh, you know, seventh, eighth round, uh, put him down. Because if you don't, if you don't catch him there, and Ortiz gets a second win, it could be some problems. So that's one thing I, I think is uh, uh, exciting about watching this. This is a fight that's worth watching. But what all these fights is the undercard. Um, would 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 what are there any highlights you should pay attention to in the undercard? Well, Rigo is fighting. That could be interesting. I like Rigo. He's another Cuban guy that's fairly long in the tooth. He's older as well. But uh, the other fight, I'm not going to get into because, you know, he has the king of the Ducks, the lead Ducks in the row, uh, Leo Santa Cruz versus um, who is he fighting? Leo Santa I don't care who he's fighting, man. I'm not going to watch the fight. It'll be on. It'll be background noise to me. I don't care who he fights. So, so this is one fighter that, that – that, Darnell's got a couple fighters he's trolling. But he's, he's he's the biggest fighter he's trolling might be one of the is the top fighter in this pound for pound conversation, Lomachenko. Darnell trolls Lomachenko, and and now he comes back to me with a text today or yesterday about he's lying. Like Darnell obviously has a story a story to tell because like Leo Santa Cruz, he has probably as much in terms of ducking. Uh, 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 frustration with Lomachenko. So, so what is he lying about? What's going on? Bring us up to speed as you troll Lomachenko. What, what should we know about what's happening with him now? Well, first of all, I think I, I disagree a little bit about the um, me always have something to say about Lomachenko because remember last time, last time when we talked about Lomachenko and Devin Haney, I brought up the fact that. I don't think Lomachenko would would be the type to do something like this. And uh, I said I would want to see this play out to to see if this is really the case. And I found some new information. That's where this this is coming from. I found some new information. Uh, Lomachenko came out, um, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, and he said um, that, he was surprised that he got the um, franchise belt and that he didn't ask for it. And somebody else posted a video of uh, a high-ranking member of um, Top Rank. He did an interview with, uh, with Ness from the Boxing Board and where Carl Moretti from of Top Rank, he said, oh, we're very pleased with, the, um, with um, Lomachenko being the franchise champion because we asked for it. He specifically said that he asked for it. And this was uh, and this interview was a good three weeks old. So that being said, he um Lomachenko is backtracking because of the backlash he's gotten from the um from um 
him being the franchise champion. Because remember last time I told you um, he uh, was at the um, WCBC press conference, him and Bob Arum, and I told you that that's kind of fishy because um, it's, I don't think um, they would just um, name him franchise champion and just elevate him. With having him and Bob Arum there, that looks kind of suspicious that maybe they they probably went to the convention and asked for it. And that was confirmed that he did ask for it, and he lied and said he didn't ask for it. And um, the reason the reason why the, distinct, the distinction is important is um, that the franchise champion is not really a champion. Uh, it, it's something that will easily um, trip up and confuse casual boxing fans. So if you look at a guy like Canelo and a guy like um, Lomachenko and say if and when they, when they introduce him as a WBC franchise champion, that doesn't mean anything. Because the, the franchise championship is pretty much all it is is like a it's like a designation or some kind of like a honor or whatever they call it, but it's not a championship because it's non-transferable. So say if um, Teofimo Lopez beats Lomachenko in the next fight, Teofimo Lopez is not the franchise champion. You know what Teofimo Lopez is? He is the mandatory to Devin Haney. So what does that mean? Devin Haney is the real champion. Because if you beat Lomachenko and become a mandatory Devin Haney, that means Devin Haney is the most championship to begin with. But the reason I, normally something like this wouldn't um, wouldn't upset me is just the reason the way that ESPN. Um, I know they um, it's their job to promote the fighters, but they just go so over the top and they blatantly lie. So I already know that um, if um. The winner of Lopez and, and Comey goes on to fight um, Lomachenko. I already know that they're going to say, oh, Lomachenko is the undisputed champion at lightweight. But we know they're bold-faced lying. We know that's not the case. He cannot be undisputed until he beats Devin Haney, and he doesn't want to fight Devin Haney. But they're going to say he's undisputed no matter what. That That's the frustrating part about it. They even made up the whole uh, lineal thing for Tyson Fury. Said he's a lineal champion. They even wrote it on the bottom of the screen of where he fights. He said Tyson Fury they're fighting for the lineal championship. But uh, if you look at the rules for the lineal championship, it says um, the lineal championship can only be um, transferred by uh, it can only um, be vacated vacated for two reasons, right? If you retire or if you uh, lose, right? Tyson Fury retired for two years. <laughs> so how and, – and um, I know you, you, you say um, the ring championship is an approximation of the ring of championship. Didn't you say that, right? Go to, ring, yeah. go to ring.com right now. Ring, uh, ring TV, whatever it's called. The ring um, – the Bible boxes, that's what they call it. Bible boxes, right? Go to their rankings. Go to the heavyweight rankings. What does it say for the ring championship – at the heavyweight division, it is vacant. That means there is no ring championship at uh, at the heavyweight division. It is vacant. There is no champion. There is no legal champion right now. <laughs> this is why, man, we have our guy. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. Drop, drop. Just drop the mic right now. You've already been on fire. <laughs> Enough is enough. Oh. Done it all. This is why we call it. It's a boxing moment with Darnell. He's done his thing. When we come back, 
we go into the cycle. Before I exit stage left, Tony Cartagena, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Southside, born and raised, UW Badgers on Wisconsin, mic drop. All right, we're in the cipher. Before we get the cipher, actually, in, uh, we're going to cover some football, and we do have a caller who uh, uh, had some, uh, some wants to uh, uh, talk about what happened last Thursday. So I believe he wants to talk about. Uh, the Cleveland and Steeler game, which was going to be a topic that we have here. So we're going to bring the caller on here uh, right now. Uh, we'll get in here as soon as we get this going. So uh, say your name and where you're from and uh, what you want to talk about. Good evening, sir. This is uh, Lou from New Jersey. Hey, Lou. Welcome. Welcome. To hey, Lou. Mike on Real first, yeah, first, uh, first time. I think I've heard of the show before, but I had trouble finding it. So I looked it up. I'm like, okay, I'll give these guys a shot. No, I don't think um thanks. I don't think one or the other for last week's uh brawl at the end of the game, but I still think that maybe that both players should have got the same amount of suspension and the same amount of fines instead of like getting one of the other and one got his suspension reduced to two games. I don't know. I think there's I think that's uh, showing a little bias though, don't you think? I mean, because neither one, you know, is you know, is there's a bystander in this. So, 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 so let me ask you this, and, and, and welcome to the okay. show. Um, uh, so did you, did you did you see the brawl at the end? Live, no. On uh, morning highlights, yes. Okay, so what 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 I want you to understand is, yeah, if if it's just a normal fight, then yeah, you 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 can you can probably level that out. What happened was Miles Garrett ripped the helmet off. Of, of Mason Rudolph ripped his helmet off, and that that wasn't bad enough. He actually swung it and hit him on the head with it. Okay, now see that alone was egregious enough to you know there was even talk that they could have that that the Rudolph could have filed criminal charges. That goes beyond just a regular fight. Now when you look at Tyrone Pouncey and his role, okay, he came in because to to, to protect his quarterback. Okay, and then so there was other suspensions that were 
uh, either upheld or reduced. But there's just a simple fact of, and this, it is a brotherhood in the NFL, that you can get upset, you can fight. But you, you're not trying to intentionally hurt any to anybody. Now, to rip somebody's helmet off and then hit him upside the head with his own helmet, okay, anywhere else, that's just flat-out assault. So while I can understand, you know, what, what you're saying, that act alone, and, I, and, I've, and I've been watching football a long time, you know, going back to the old days when they used to when when face masking was legal. But I've not seen anything like that, you know, in the, in modern day football. And, and, it, and it, it's going to be to me, it's going to be interesting how much time he gets beyond this season. You know, going into next year, does he come back and and and, and win? Mm. I don't. Don, but, uh, 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 do you guys you going to add on to that? So Lou, so be, Lou, he comes back. How do you, how, Lou? Help me, help me understand this. How do you justify the helmet hit to the head? Like that—that's dangerous. Like that, you could exactly. I mean, we're talking about a critical. So that act alone, regardless of what you know, as someone who played defense line, someone who played defense who believes the defense has been handcuffed by all the rules. I'm, I'm, I'm all on side of that, but I played a long time. I've watched folks get in, you know, fights on fields, all this stuff, but never ever have I seen somebody try to hit somebody's head with a helmet. That's another thing. So, and I, in my sense though, is it was escalated by something that was said on the ground, because I've been enough of those. Usually, one thing that people don't talk about a lot is that there was probably something said on the ground that created that created the altercation that. Obviously, you don't get to see when you're watching TV. You're not even watching lips. But once you get to that point, it's going. So, obviously, Garrett is going to get more. So, when you look at the other people who are involved, do you think they all should have got the same? So, do you think, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the other folks involved in stuff should have got the same disciplinary action outside of Garrett? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, because they were, they were all involved in it. I mean, you know, they weren't exactly say innocent bystanders, and one um, the Ponzi gets uh, a game suspension reduced. I mean, isn't he just as guilty? I mean, he was involved in it. Well, so, so, why so, did he get so, suspension so you reduced? think it's because because he stepped because he stepped on Garrett's head, he tried to kick, you know, versus uh, yeah, uh, there were a couple of players who were trying to like break things up. You think that he should have got two games for even though he was trying to protect his quarterback? You think he should have got two games? But trying to kick him when he was on the ground. Yes, you don't kick a man when he's down. Come on, I mean, really? Okay, okay, okay. Well, hey, we I, 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 let me say this: I, I can, I can, I can understand uh, if you if the the idea. I, I can understand. I can even agree with you if you felt like they they needed more games because you kick a man down. But but the thing is, is that uh, Miles Garrett still had his helmet on. He was still fully protected with his gear. Okay. Ah. And, and so the thing that, that gets me is once you rip a man's helmet off, you even got rules right now in the game that once your helmet comes off, especially in the college game, that, that play is stopped. Now, what he did was he ripped his helmet off. Uh, the, the reasoning behind it, you know, we can, we can speculate all day long. But then he swung the man's helmet and hit him on top of his head with it. Okay? What we saw was a well-conditioned you know uh, athlete, and Mason Rudolph 
So he didn't go down. But if that was you or I that would have took a shot like that, you know, that, that would have probably, we probably would have been carried off by an, by an ambulance or something like that. Okay, yeah. so this is this is what I'm saying about that particular act. You know, whether whatever triggered that sort of anger and that sort of for him to lose his mind, you know, we can talk about. But the act itself goes above and beyond what you're looking at with anybody else. You want to say don't kick a man, but the man had his helmet on. What, what precipitated that? Whatever. But you don't you don't rip a player's helmet off and you don't hit him upside no. the head with it. That 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 you don't need to be playing if you're doing that. No, you don't. And, and, and Lou, you kind of surprised me. Maybe I'm generalized. I thought well, you coming from Jersey. I thought you would have been okay with that 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 retaliation on the ground by Pouncey. I thought you would have been in support of that. But I I I you know uh, I spent some time over there. In, in Jersey, a little time in New Brunswick, hanging out with Rutgers and around. Whatever that, that is. Thing. But but I, but I, 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 you you softening over there in Jersey. Yes. You 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 get a little soft over there in Jersey now. Do I, say that again. Are you getting a little soft over in Jersey? I thought you would have been okay with the retaliation. You know, no, coming from not Jersey. really. I mean, not not like not, not like really. that. I mean, just to protect the okay. quarterback is one thing, but when you go a full-fledged animal, uh, no, there's there's no room for that. <laughs> yeah, so hey, so, hey. so again, I mean, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but you know, the punishment's got the got the, the punishment's got to fit the crime. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to talk about uh, uh suspension, you want to talk about the fines, you know, that could be up for debate. But there's no debate on what happened with Miles Garrett. He, he's supposed to be gone, and they need to reevaluate. Oh, yeah. His thing for next year. I think he needs to be reevaluated. You know his mental state as well. Oof. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate you being here on with us. Please feel free to come back and join us again. Uh, now that you found us, I hope that you you stick with us um, uh, uh, as well. Uh, we appreciate you being with us. Have have a great evening. Thank you. And if I don't get a chance to talk to you, have a happy Thanksgiving, and I'll be back in two weeks. All right. All right. <laughs> Take care. All right. All right. Assuming you're back. Uh, All right, that's it. You know, hey, they they speaking up here. They speaking up here. We love it. We love it when you call in and share and and get it going. So you know, we'll alter our rundown to to let the people right. get their voice out in the streets. Uh, now yeah, let me you, let me just about, add this piece. Yeah. I didn't really want to bring this up with the caller, but uh, the other thing that they're reporting right now is that Miles Garrett. Is stating that there was a racial slur that was uttered while he was on the ground. Uh, there's no evidence. The NFL is saying there's no evidence to that. Miles Garrett is stating, stating, I know what I heard. Uh, that is a a bigger topic than a he say, she say. If someone else heard that, especially if it was a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, that, that heard that, uh, that's going to be a little bit of something that we need to keep our eye on. That might be a storyline that, you know, just Dustin just popped up that, you know, just we ain't know nothing about. Yeah, and, well, and, and I had been saying. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, man, I'll say, um, to be honest with you, I don't believe him, man. Uh, this, this is coming out a whole week after it happened, and you knew that was the next step. Next step. And Mason Rudolph, he's an easy target for us because – he um he's a known uh, Trump supporter, make America great again, hat wearing dude. So um you already know he he's a um he's an easy target, especially with all the memes going around on Twitter and stuff. I knew, especially with it coming so late and nobody else said anything. Like 
nobody on his team said, oh, I heard uh, Mason Rudolph say something like that. I don't think he's being truthful, to be honest with you. I hope he's not. I, I, I hope that that's the case. I really do hope that's the case because, you know, that opens up a whole other can of worms, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I I wouldn't think that Mark, that the, that Pouncey and the rest of those players come to his aid, you know, if they suspected anything like that. And in such a close proximity at the end of that game, somebody else would have heard something. Um, I, I know that they were both going back and forth. If you look at the if you look at the video, you know, it was kicking and and, and all kind of stuff going on. But uh, I still like again, you know, what 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 Garrett did was beyond. That was that was that was beyond brutal. I mean, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. Really? Well, what Garrett did, um, he, I, I'm pretty sure he just wasn't thinking. Like, uh, it's not like he premeditated. I'm gonna hit this dude with a helmet right now. So my, um, Mason Rudolph tried to take his helmet off. He was ripping his helmet, and he just took his. And he, um, out of just anger, I guess he took his helmet off. And then he he started backing up. He thought it, he thought it was over. And then you know, Mason Rudolph uh, charged at him. He just blanked and hit him with the helmet. Like, what is going on right now? Like, um, but I think he just wasn't thinking. Like, no, yeah, I, I, I would say people have said that. He, yep. What what I would say is that, and, and and Darnell, I know you coach, and you're you know you've been. I mean, even high school, and you played, and in, 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 in you too as Hank played. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that when 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 Garrett sacked him after beating him all game, I'm leaving the player. You got something to say to somebody. So I knew some words exchanged. Because I'm on top of you after sacking you and pushing around, and this is like really the game ending sack. Something was said. Now we don't know what was said. But they weren't just down there. That's what got it escalated. Somebody said something. Now it looked like because Mason reacted where he reacted, that that Miles said something to him, and he was like, "Get off me!" And then you might have some right there. But but something was said when it was on the ground. You just that that game was too heated for something not to be said on the ground. And that's what I think it, it, it escalated. And and so you know what was said, we'll never know. But at the end of the day. No matter what's said, you can't be hitting somebody over the head with a helmet. I mean, it's too much. No. It's a cold thing. And uh, it's about safety. And and then players can't be complaining about player safety issues with owners when you got your fellow players trying to hit people in the head with a helmet. Like, it's just, there's so much that's wrong about that that he knows. Uh, now, if it comes out that that was what's said, then it's going to create a whole other scenario, right? Exactly. But it still don't take care of one fact where that you hit him in the head with a helmet. At the end of the day, that that you could have killed him, and we'd be talking about some other legal type of stuff. You know, in some ways, you 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 got, you got to be thankful that this is all you're dealing with, because you could be you could be dealing with some legal sentences versus missing some checks. So we'll keep this thing moving. We'll monitor it as it goes. Um, you know, my most things, but Steelers had a chance to win a game and they just got bounced. That's what we take about making two forced interceptions. That's what we should be talking about. <laughs> um, but in addition to this one, what storylines are y'all tracking right now? What What are some of the things that, you know, as we're getting into this point in time in the NFL season, part of why that fight broke out because people are realizing, you know, there's such a bunch and there's such pe- so many teams that are fighting for those wild card spots because you got a couple teams at the top, but there's a bunch around the middle um, and uh, creating a lot of competitiveness. 
what are some of the storylines that you're looking at? Darnell, are there storylines that you're paying attention to right now in the NFL? In the NFL, uh, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson uh, pretty much bringing college football con- uh, concepts like option football, old school football back to the game. You got um, San Francisco with um, the defense led by um, the rookie and Nick Bosa. There were a lot of good uh, stories going along. Uh, Ken Tom Brady was another one with the offense, not necessarily playing up to their best, but the defense is playing amazing. Uh, so there's a lot of good things going on in football. Uh, those being just just a few. My feeling was uh, before we we had a lot of talk, a lot of stuff going on uh, preseason around the 49ers. And um, it's going to be interesting for us to have a conversation about some of our preseason conversations, you know, maybe get some audio clips about that. But the uh, the, the, the 49ers, when we talked about them, you know, I had them like around 8-8 or 9-7. Part of the issue is like I thought they were going to be in every game. But I wasn't quite sure how their offense was going to be. Knew the defense was going to be great. And – but – and I almost made a statement like they might be eight and eight, or they might take out a lot of people. But you just know they're going to be in every game. But the Forty ers have been, uh, I would say, a pleasant surprise, um, especially when you look at their final preseason game. And you know, uh, Jimmy G did not look. Good. Everybody had questions about him and what he was going to be doing coming out based on his preseason performance. It didn't look great. Um, he's played somewhat solid. He hasn't been great. The running game's been incredible, and you know, and Kittle. Uh, is uh, Kittle is like is is unbelievable, but but that team has been surprising in the Rams struggle and, and you know obviously uh, Seattle with uh, Russell Wilson was like everybody needs to finally get some props to he's killing it um, in the way that he's carrying that team and, and they basically turned that team over. But yeah, the Forty Nine ers story is 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 something else out there. And then Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I wish they get the audio. Because I, I, you know, we laid it out about Lamar, and everybody was talking about playing receiver and everything. I'm like, this guy won the Heisman Trophy. You watch him play; he can throw the ball. He's no different than any other quarterback, young quarterback coming. He's gonna need some development, but he is a quarterback. He's not a receiver, and he's been throwing some balls. Yeah, he's been running, but he's been throwing some nice balls too as well. And he's young. What is he? What? How old is he? What? 21, 22, 21, 20. I mean, the kid is a baby. So it's been pleasant to watch him in the way he's handling and 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 how Harbaugh has been uh, around him. The other story: I went to see the Chicago Bears. My goodness, you talk about a dumpster fire. And, <laughs> and uh, you know they beat the Lions, but it was still a dumpster fire. And I was going back and forth with uh, 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 my man uh, 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 Hammer, Carl Hampton, who's going to be uh, covering for us over there at the, uh, the Badger game this weekend. Carl will be on there, but. Anytime, anytime you're trying to compare a kid who was drafted in the top five in the NFL draft to Mason Rudolph and his performance, we got problems. <laughs> like, why are, we, why are we even comparing that? You've already lost. Now, if you listen to this, you've already lost. I mean, I feel so sorry for that Bears defense. They got a world-class defense, but they got a dumpster truck for offense. 
I don't even know what to do. And they're trying to turn it around. But, man, that is – and then was he injured? Everybody's, like, wondering what – like, it's to the point where they, they wonder whether or not he was injured. That's a dumpster fire. And that's a team that most of us thought – y'all talked me into. Y'all talked me into thinking they could make it to the NFC Championship. Remember, I had them at the bottom, but I felt guilty. I talked to my boy who worked over at the Bears. I felt like, man, I got to give him a try. But I watched that thing in person, and I was cold. And I was like, man, they got a championship defense, but their offense is something to behold. So that's the story. When you talk about this little disappointment, the Chicago Bears, you know, as a Midwest person, my goodness. They got fallen short, and they're wasting a championship defense. Hey, what is the story you, you, you hear? You know what? Now, I love you, and I love uh, Darnell, love the youngin'. So this is so it would be real easy for me to talk about Seattle, talk about Baltimore, talk about San Francisco. Great stories, absolutely fabulous stories. But no, I'm going to take the little bit of time that I got, and I'm going to give y'all a little bit of something for y'all to take over the holiday with you. You know, I said to you when we did our early predictions that I thought that the Lions was going to go 3-13, and and they started the season with a tie against a rookie quarterback who also said was going to probably go 3-13. and Now, I remember during the Super Bowl when the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles played the New England Patriots, and I put on my social media because the Patriots – Defense looked abysmal. The defensive coordinator was Matt was Pat Patricia. Okay, Matt Patricia. Okay, and I remember saying, "Oh, the Lions are going to be in trouble if this is their new coach." And I remember getting grilled by several Lions fans talking about, "There you go, don't even give the man a chance," and there you go talking that noise. Blah blah blah, and 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 and, and, and uh, Devon, I remember you chiming in on that. Remember that? I remember that. I just told you about it. Hey, no, I said so. So wait a minute, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay, I'm just getting started. Slow down. So now we go fast forward to 2019. Okay. The Detroit Lions had a successful coach named Jim Caldwell. They got run out of town because they said his game management sucked. In his last season with the Detroit Lions, he was 9-7. He got the teams to an 11-5 record at one time. They had two playoff appearances, and they didn't win the playoff, but they were a better team. Okay? So then they, they, the, the, the general manager comes out and says, 9-7 is not good enough. To which he hires Matt Patricia, and they go 6-10. and 10. The team now sits at 3-6, and six, and they are suckier and, and worse than they've ever been in their entire lives. But here we go again. So you're asking me what story am I tracking. I am tracking what I am going to track. This sorry team known as the franchise, the professional franchise here in the state of Michigan. Okay, one of the worst one franchise I've ever seen in my life. And I'm asking for retribution this evening because I took a beating that night when I said Metro Patricia sucked. The Detroit Lions have got a slow side defense that couldn't stop me, you, or Darnell if we were running backwards on ice. Okay, this is some of the worst mess I have ever seen. We would score three touchdowns before we realized what was going on. Okay, and all of us can be offensive linemen and tight end. It's bad. I am tracking to see how, how close I get to that three. I can't be, they can't be three or 13 because they tied the woefully sorry uh, Arizona Cardinals, who are already trending better than the Detroit Lions right now. Guess who else is trending better 
better than the Detroit Lions right now. The Raiders. The Raiders got one of their best offensive player and the best defensive player, and they're trending better than the Lions right now. Okay? So here I go. Okay? I, I, I look forward to the three, twelve, and one season of this woefully sorry franchise. You have shut it down, uh, Hank. You have shut our NFL segment down. This is the final statistic I'll say that just supports you. Because I was, I, was, I was in the hope mode. I was in the hope mode earlier. And I think the statistic I heard that the Lions have won one playoff game in, what, 70 years, 50 years? Since 1957, yep. That means you're talking about Herman Moore. You talk about Billy Sims. You talk about Barry Sanders. You talk about Eric Hipple. You talk about Dexter Bundy. I mean, we go <laughs> down the line of folks who had to endure pain. And when you had Jim Caldwell, who showed you a little bit of life, you thought you were the Patriots. And then you thought you were hiring the Patriots. But you find out you're still just the Jets. Or better yet, you're the Lions. I don't know if I want to talk about any more NFL after this. We have to just table the rest of the topics. And I think there, there is no reason to talk about anything else next to the NFL. And I think we're just going to go on over here really quick to the NCAA. Because I, I, I think you have just – I ain't even motivated to talk about anything else but the NFL because you have just uh, taken my appetite away with this thing about the Lions. And I can't even defend it. So we're going to go over and talk about Tua. And I'm going to bring you in, Youngin. Uh, Tua gets hurt. There's a whole bunch of you're a coach, so I want to bring your perspective in here. Tua gets hurt. You get a lot of these people uh, being critical of, of Nick Saban for keeping in the game. I'm not one of them. Um, he wants to run a two minute drill, um, trying to get prepared. It's still the second quarter. Um, he's only going for one more series, but he gets hurt. Season ending injury. Um, you said he ruined your weekend, so I'm gonna let you expand a little bit on that, but. You know, from a coach's perspective, you know, um, and making those kind of decisions when you're up, what's, what's, your, what's your perspective on that? It's the second quarter. Like, they got a uh, – I know the – being how horrific the injury was, um, it gives like a result-based um, kind of – Outlook to the people that are talking about it, and they're saying like, "Well, because of this happened, that's why." Okay, hindsight being twenty twenty, pretty much. But um, it's the second quarter. They have things to work on. I understand that. Um, I just watched. I didn't watch the game live. I watched the game later on, and it seemed like they scored almost every other play they did. So like, just get them a couple reps. We saw in the LSU game. It took them a while to uh, catch on because at the end of the day, frankly, he was uh, he was rusty, so he needed those reps to, to get back in the swing of things. So, um, and Nick Saban said himself that was going to be his last series. He was going to play one more series and then going to take him out the game, and then it didn't it didn't turn out well. So uh, I don't think we should we should um, necessarily get on him for what happened because. It's football. Football is a dangerous game. It's a game I love. It's a dangerous game. Anything can happen. And um, that's the scary part about the game. But um, that's one thing you've got to tuck up to the game. 
to be honest. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree. I mean, and in, in after we've already watched Oklahoma come back uh, against Baylor down almost as much <laughs> in the second half, you know, and, uh, and pull out a victory at the end. You know, that's why coaches play into the early the, to the third quarter to, to, to do all the things you said, but also make sure you secure the victory. You still got an entire half. Uh, they, their defense, Alabama's defense, is not the best Alabama defense they've had. They've got some issues on the defensive side of the ball. So you also got a coach who's not as confident in his defense right now, particularly in some of those big games. So, you know, I, I think that this was much to do about nothing, and it was a crazy injury. Um, it was, you know, it's the kind of injury that, you know, if you've been around football all the time, that, you know, we hear Bo Jackson had it or whatever, but these are, this is not an injury that happens all the time. Um, and it's the way he fell. I think one people one thing that people said I think that is – symptomatic of how these injuries are happening with him is that all of his injuries are coming when he's out of the pocket and he's got to learn to throw the ball away. Like simply like on that play, because obviously wasn't there, you got to throw the ball away. Like don't try to always make the play. Sometimes you got to throw it away. And I think both times he's gotten hurt because he's trying to hold on to make that extra play. And I think he just has to learn to get rid of it, you know, come back and fight another day. And, you know, that's something that, you know, Brady and a lot of these guys get right away. Like, come back and fight another day. And I think in both these times, anytime he's been injured, it's because he's trying to make that extra play rather than coming back to fight another day. And so I think that's what it's even again like self scouts he's got to do. Huh? I was going to say, it's even again like that when you play with Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, uh, Henry Rudd, and uh, uh, the, the other guy, Jalen Wallace. And you got like four yeah. Apple Garners wide receivers that can – or on almost any other play if something breaks right, you, it, it makes you want to um, hold on to the ball for every second because maybe Jerry Judy might get open. Maybe Henry Rose might get open. You know what I'm saying? And if they, if they catch the ball, it could be six. They can make they can turn a they can turn the flat into a 50 yard touchdown. So um, it's kind of tough on a to, to, for a player, especially a young player like that, to get it. But he's gonna that's something he's gonna have to um, get in his mind. Going forward for his health sake. To kind of keep on, I'm going to skip on, on the rundown on this one. And Hank, I'll bring you in. Given this injury and everything else, Alabama again, and people talk about bias of the, you know, everything around it. People fail to realize they were getting blown in the LSU game. They were getting blown out at home, um, and then they came back. Uh, but so they, but they didn't drop that far. They only dropped, they dropped the fifth, which is. This is my Alabama bias, not even SBE bias. But, Hank, do you think is Alabama, should they still be sitting there at, at, at number five? Or And given that they're not going to win uh, the conference championship, are, are they should, be, have, should we have consideration of them being in the, the, the bowl championship? See, here's what drives me crazy. I mean, this, there, there is an SEC bias that, that – you know, LSU right now, based upon their strength of schedule, I think should be the number one team. No, I think Alabama should drop. Alabama should have dropped to six, because the thing is, you still had a one loss Oklahoma, you still got a one loss uh, Georgia, you still got two teams in the pack twelve that with one losses. Okay, Alabama, as you stated, cannot win. Um, they cannot win their 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 division. They cannot win the conference. You know, you got them hanging around just so they can get back up in in there. And and I got a problem with that. Alabama's strength of schedule does not warrant 
them being five. All right? Alabama hasn't played anybody. The one game they played was against a ranked team, okay, um, at home, and they lost. All right? You watch what happens to a Big Ten team if they lose. Watch how far they fall. All right? And, and and that's what makes me that's what makes me crazy about this. That team doesn't play anybody, and their one big game they lost. They should have dropped below Oklahoma. They should have probably dropped below uh, one of the Pac-12 teams. You know, just simply because it, you you've got to put some credence on the conference championships. You have to. All right, you've got four spots. You've got five Power Five schools. You've got to put some credence on the conference championships, and Alabama can't win it. All right, and, and again, it goes back to this inconsistency that drives me nuts. Because as much as I hate to say it, you had an Ohio State team that won the conference and didn't make it last year. Okay, and Alabama did because they said they were stronger. But again, they don't play nobody. So strength of schedule and conference championships means something to everybody else except the SEC. Okay, and that doesn't make any sense. And like I said, I can use that as an example. All right. And so, no, they, they should be at least sixth or seventh because they can't win it. And then let the schedules and the rest of the games uh, um, uh, pan out. If people start to lose and they can move up, they, that's that's fine. But they, the fact is they were ranked too high, and so they don't fall far enough because they say, well, they lost to the number one team. But they ain't playing nobody else. And as far as Tua goes, if you're up 28 to nothing and your quarterback was hurt the week before, why is he still in there? Your coach needs to be able to pay attention to that sort of thing, okay? Yeah, I don't need him in there because in the event we have a chance to get back in here, I need him healthy. And see, the thing is about it is your players should not be talking about, I want to go back in there for another play. It's 28 to nothing. Go sit down, okay? The team will start coming back, and I need you healthy. That's what you're supposed to do as a coach. This game was never in doubt. And, you know, I think, you know, what's interesting about it is that, I mean, people have failed to realize SEC has a system and they, they're only going to play a certain number of games within the SEC. They want to make sure they have as many teams who are bowl eligible. This is all, you know, systematic kind of, you know, uh, structures that they're trying to put together to create uh, a uh, abundance of folks uh, who are bowl eligible that then create this mindset about strength and schedule. There's a lot. Of, now we're not gonna lie about the quality of players. There's a lot of stuff out there, but some of this, like like you said, Alabama, the best team they played this year is the team they lost to. And right. if that were Ohio State, if that's Penn State, they drop into 15. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just crazy. They did that to Wisconsin last year. Wisconsin had the same kind of schedule. I don't think it was last year, year before. Had the same kind of schedule lost a game like that and dropped way down, you know, right. uh, because they had a similar to Alabama. So it, 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 what happens is become, I, I call it the Patriots syndrome. But, you know, the reason why Patriots can continue to win is not just having a great quarterback, but they have no divisional competition. So their, their record's already ballooning because what they've done is they create a system where all these other teams, because they're not thinking, create no continuity. So the Jets exactly. would have never got rid of Red Sox, Ryan, because he knew how to beat the Patriots. They should have stuck with him. But they don't have enough discipline, and so they get rid of him. So there's, all, there's no continuity, and that's probably half of That's half of the reason why the Patriots have been able to beat the Patriots, because they can almost guarantee 
wins over all their divisional opponents. Maybe one loss here or there. So you're already starting out with six, seven wins. That's Alabama. Now you stay healthy, right? You're not dealing with any injuries. But as soon as you start having some cracks and some injuries, now you start to struggle. So I think, you know, you're making some really good points uh, about it. I thought they should have been about six or seven, given the way some of these other teams have been playing. But it still would have chance probably to make a way back up. But they should have just dropped to five. They didn't play well enough to be five. You know, Mm-mm. they were still getting blown out at the crib, who was supposed to be invincible <laughs> place to win. And they kind of made a late charge. To be honest with you guys, I don't have a problem with it because uh, the team they lost to is the number one team in the country. That's the best team that uh, that they are. But the stripper schedule does not add up, Darnell. The stripper schedule doesn't add up, and and they cannot. Look here. There's no difference between them and Michigan right now, okay? Neither one of them can win their conference. Okay, the only difference between Alabama and Michigan right now, right now, Michigan's got another loss. But 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 I'm I'm I'm, I'm making this argument for you. Okay, you cannot keep on telling me that this team looking good against Western Carolina and Elon and Marathon Oil, and then they play one team that that that's that's ranked higher than them, and they lose at the crib, and they should be ranked still in number five. I don't care. They lost the one possession game to the number one team in the country. They shouldn't drop them all the way. That wasn't enough. That was a one possession game after that game was over. That game was decided. They lost by five points. That's a one possession game of football. But they were down by thirty. What was it down by fifteen or twenty? Like they were down. They made a late charge. Yes, that's at the crib. That was anybody else that'd be different. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's how you finish. See, see, that's SEC bias right there. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That game wasn't in doubt. They made the, the game closer, the, the but the game was over. Alabama, the game was Ohio over. Is Ohio State lost to Purdue, and Purdue was different than LSU. Listen, Ohio it's State lost Purdue. That's Ohio State won. They won, they won the conference. They won the conference and still didn't make it in. That's a bias, okay? So and they and they the schedule, and they had to beat the number two team. Or they had to beat uh, the number four team in the nation at home in Michigan. Okay, on the last game of the season, we should have dropped that loss to Purdue, and then they went on and won a Big Ten championship. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, when we make these arguments, you got one game versus several in the Big Ten and several in the other conferences. But because it's Alabama, it, it, it makes a difference. You can't make that argument for nobody else. It, it, this is this is this is crazy. Because I'm listening to what Darnell just said, and Georgia lost to South Carolina at the crib, and they still, if that's true, that should be the same effect that happened on Ohio State losing to Purdue. Exactly. But it's it's not, worse. But now where they actually it's worse because they're at home. Number, they sit there right up at number three. So in South Carolina is in my mind still garbage. So so. But you still find your way to number three. So if what you said was true, Georgia shouldn't be up there. Exactly. Exactly. And Auburn sure the hell shouldn't be up there. With a freshman quarterback? Well, I, I, Are you I, I, kidding me? I'm, I'm just I'm just laying it out. I'm leaving it alone. All right. Speaking of Ohio State, you got Ohio State and Penn State. 
Young, and I'll start with you, Darnell. Does Penn State even have a chance? <laughs> Let's just say that. Of course they have a chance. It's football. Mm. You see how last year came up? They got explosive weapons. Uh, they have a, a hard-fought, tough defense. Uh, of course they have a chance. Chase Young, he got a couple weeks off. He might be a little rusty. You don't know. But, uh, of course, well, I, I believe Ohio State's going to win. But Penn State definitely have a chance. College football, anything can happen. Any given Saturday. I mean, Minnesota was running through them like they stole something, and I, you know, you know, Ohio State <laughs> receivers and that skill skill group is much better than Minnesota. Yeah. Still confident? <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, 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 what you think? This is the marquee matchup. This is this is this is gonna this game is over at halftime. Okay, this this this, this listen. <laughs> Okay, this is clearly cheating. 
Okay, we know how you frown upon cheating. You can look at Pete Rose, who got banned from baseball because they said he betted on baseball, and what that was supposed to do was compromise the game. We know about the Black Sox scandal with Shoeless Joe Jackson back in the day that cost that, that team the World Series. What are you going to do with this modern-day Houston Astro team? If it is proven that they did indeed steal signs, trigger hitters, so they knew what pitches was coming, and this resulted in a World Series championship. Are you going to vacate the cha- are you going to vacate the the, the 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 championship of the Astros baseball? Are you going to fire people? Are you going to ban people? Okay, this is an interesting thing. This isn't just simply a slap on the wrist. This is this is going to be a sensible moment for for the league. It's going to be a sensible moment for Manfred, the the commissioner. Okay, this is cheating. Okay, you are now investigating one of the greatest cheating scandals in modern day uh in, in modern day sports. And it's gonna be real interesting to see where you come out in history. That's inside that's that's uh one mic for the night. Peace. Happy holiday. This is one mic. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.